Hello, welcome to Line for Line. Welcome back with your host, Josiah Selena. Listen, last week's show, or I should say the last show that we did, went so well with Mary that we just had to do another one. She absolutely set the standard for how to give the right synopsis within a half hour setting. Uh, we are going to do today the 2007 Grammy nominees against the Dove nominees of the same year. This is also going to be another various artist one where each round is going to be a different artist against each other. And uh, how are you feeling about today's competition, Mary? Oh, I'm excited. This is going to be a great matchup. I think uh, it's nice to have different artists going against each other in a category like this. I'm excited for the format to see yeah. how this works out. And this is definitely going to justify or clarify um, if the standards of what we see as great music can match up with what the Grammys see as great music. Absolutely. So here we go. We are going to get into round one. Holy is the Lord by Chris Tomlin. Tomlin against You're Beautiful by James Blunt. It's true. I saw your face in a crowded place. And I don't know what to do. Cause I'll never be with you. You're Beautiful by James Blunt against Holy is the Lord by Chris Tomlin. Well, uh, before I get on the wheel of James Bluntness, why don't you start, Mary? <laughs> well, I thought that it was an interesting first song to start with because Holy is the Lord is obviously a song I'm very familiar with. We hear it on the Z, we hear it in church. Yeah. Um, and one of the criticisms, I guess, of praise and worship, I don't know if I call it a criticism, it's it's sort of idiomatic to it, is that there's a lot of repetition. Right, right. You know, right. you've got chorus, you've got verse, 
And so to put that up against a secular song almost seemed a little unfair, but James Blunt, uh, could I be more blunt? Um, that was very, it <laughs> was even more repetitious and just didn't cut it for me. Um, bless his heart, he, he's trying to, to do high notes, in my opinion, that are out of his range. That falsetto <laughs> is just not working for me at all. We were just getting to the chorus, which I have heard the chorus before, probably on a commercial or something. Um, and even that is pretty repetitious, although it, it at least brings it down to uh, to something that's uh, um, a little more memorable and a right, little right, more yeah. uh, pleasant to listen to, mm -hmm. I'll say. So Chris Tomlin takes it for me in round one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to... Uh, this might sound strange, but I actually may go toss-up. I'm really? surprising myself. Um, let me see how I can justify my reasons. Um, first of all, Chris Tomlin. Can I just say probably one of the greatest praise and worship writers of all time? Absolutely. I'm, I'm putting him right up there with Rat, Matt Redman, Darlene Sheck, um, Israel Houghton, all the greats, Don Moen, the list goes on. But Holy is the Lord is a globally known song mm -hmm. as for almost any Chris Tomlin single becomes globally known. Now You're Beautiful by James Blunt. I remember hearing that song, uh, a friend of mine, uh, it was uh, Richard L. So I was over there and um, got to meet his brother. And they had that song playing on his computer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, Richard's brother was like telling me, uh, Josiah, this song is just so depressing to me. <laughs> like, like, why? Why would you write a song about seeing a girl in the middle of a crowd and then thinking the rest of your life, I could never be with her? Like, I mean... Isn't that what all guys think, though? <laughs> it is. I it mean, is a universal concept, <laughs> and we write songs based on universal concepts. It is true, so. because, I mean, ev like you said, every boy has that fantasy girl that they feel they'll never be with because mm -hmm. they're the life of the party or the most popular one and but I think I think the ultimate thing there is um, James Blunt should also put a bit of resolution to the inferior inferiority instead of just seeing the superiority and saying okay I'm just gonna be depressed for the rest of my life because I can't <laughs> be with this girl um, but anyhow now on to the James bluntness that is a style of singing only James Blunt can do which can either be pleasant to the ears or annoyingly humorous to the ears. So um, I caught your giggles. <laughs> like you said, trying to hit notes that probably are out of his register. But his attempts, I must say, are pretty entertaining. Uh, so for entertaining me with that James Bluntness, I'll go a toss-up because of my, the feeling I was getting for both songs. But anyway, Chris Tomlin won that round. My toss-up doesn't matter. Just, I don't know why you chose these two against each other, but just one other thing I noticed in it is they both had the little guitar. That's another thing I was going to point out. Passages. So that was another thing to, to compare with them. That was exactly. Nice. And I like the, I tend to prefer the guitar notes and plucking a little bit more on the James Blunt song. I would agree. Yeah. In fact, with Chris, and I hadn't thought of this before, but maybe that's something that comes with multiple listens. Yeah. Is... 
his guitar was on a part where he's talking about everyone sing, and then he's doing guitar, everyone sing, and I'm like, would this have been more effective with a choral ah in here or something instead Ooh, of guitar? That's a very interesting point. Wow. I mean, everyone comes in and sings on the chorus, yeah. but should we have brought in kind of an ah thing instead of that guitar thing? Wow, that's interesting. So just an arranging note I, I thought of this time through hearing it. That That's a good arrangement observation there. All right, we're going to get into Hopefully round... Hopefully some church will try it sometime and we'll see what mm, it looks. Or maybe Chris will listen and he'll pick up on it and rearrange the song. Either that or maybe you can arrange it one day. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is going to be round two. Team Kingdom is up 1-0. All right, You Can Close Your Eyes by Cheryl Crow. So still be spinning around You can close your eyes by Cheryl Crow against Cut by Plum. by Sheryl Crow. Uh, definitely a lot more darker song than uh, the Sheryl Crow, but um, we're dealing with a lot of unique voices in this round. Mm -hmm. um, very distinctive and uh, definitely uh, hard to duplicate type of voices. Mm -hmm. um, oh, speaking of which, uh, Evanescence claims that she got, uh, I think I heard a story a long time ago, that she got influence from Plum's voice. Really? And when you hear her sing, you can tell that that plum sound is there. Now, doing topic-wise, I wasn't really getting the storyline of Sheryl Crow's song. I don't know if, if you noticed anything. Um, but well, the line that caught me was that you can sing the song when I'm gone. So it sounded like a really depressing kind of thing, and maybe she's dying or something, and that the time to sing the song oh, will be when she's like gone. A, like so a goodbye I, song. Yeah. 
Oh, departure song. Oh, yeah. okay. So we're almost in the same realm of yes. darker tone Absolutely. lyrically. Um, I thought it was an amazing matchup, and and even where you cued in the songs together, it was like, wow. Yeah. I don't think we could get too closer. Wow. Okay. Songs to compare here. Okay. Now with cut, um, again that deals with basically a cutter telling her story, um, and then by the end of the song, uh, I guess the slight resolve she comes to in the bridge is I am not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the purpose Plum explains why she wrote that song is most cutters tend to think they're the only one dealing mm-hmm. with their pain or depression. If they could only know that they are not the only ones that have mm-hmm. cut themselves before and they are people out there that have been relieved and mm-hmm. healed from that pain, then they could finally get out of that depressive mm-hmm. state. But that song if that doesn't get you in the the world that some cutters have mm-hmm. themselves into tone wise atmosphere wise mm-hmm. and lyrically i don't know what does well and i think you nailed it there is and again we're back to the idea of prosody of yeah. everything fitting that song gripped me from the moment i started hearing exactly it i was in that place it 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 took me to that dark world yeah and her the voice, like you said, the vocals, Unbelievable. Uh, I was amazed. Um, I would definitely give the edge vocally to Plum mm-hmm. over um, Cheryl Crow. Uh, and Cheryl's song, although it, it um, see, and both of them had kind of that little repetitious right. thing going. Cheryl's didn't seem to get where it needed to go to me. Mm, it, it almost had a little more of a upbeat, poppy rhythm going to it yeah and and if that's the idea of well buck up cheer up mm. you'll sing this song when i'm gone then yeah. maybe that was intentional and it's that way right. but it didn't take me to the same place mm-hmm. i was i was almost on the toss-up with this but i think by just the hair's breath uh i would give it to plum yeah and for me i think not even by a hair's breath that that cut song grabbed me like mm-hmm. 10 times more for me than the Cheryl Crow song. So I'm also going to go with Plum. So, wow, uh, the doves are getting up there 2 0. We're going to get. Doves are flying. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into round three. This is Work by Jars of Clay. Just in case I will leave my things back so I can run away. I cannot trust these four. I don't have a line of prospects that can give some kind of peace. There is nothing left to cling to that can bring me sweet release. I have no fear of drowning. It's the breathing that's taking all this work. Do you know what I mean? Work by Jars of Clay against Is It Any Wonder by Kiang.
was Is It Any Wonder by Kane against Work by Jars of Clay. You have the floor first, Mary. Well, again, let me congratulate you on an extremely close matchup here. Stylistically, um, everything. These are these. This is a really good head-to-head -head match. Um, of those two songs, um, I'll be honest, the Jars of Clay song, I was listening to it, the titles work, and I'm listening through saying, what does this have to do with this song? Right. <laughs> you right. know, the, one of the rules of songwriting, although... Uh, there aren't any rules, just uh, mm -hmm. suggestions. Yeah. You know, but rule number one, there are rules. But there are some strong guidelines. And one of them is that your title should be your hook. It should be catchy. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of buried in that song. Mm -hmm. I was really trying to find the relevance all the way through that song. That message, it just didn't grab me. Mm -hmm. And then the next song came in and it was kind of the same idea in some ways. But Is It Any Wonder was really prevalent in the chorus. It kicked off. Um, on this one, for that reason, I'm, I'm going to give it to Is It Any Wonder. Mm. I found those two songs very interesting mm -hmm. in their progression. I also found them very creative. Um, these are mm -hmm. definitely very melancholic tone songs. Um, it takes uh, either the whole idea of the song or careful listening to see where they're going with the lyrics and stuff. Um, now... Is it Andy Wonder for some reason does not grab me as much as work does. Hmm. I think I think work had the right build and production to it. I like the drop in the chorus before it gets back to the hard guitars. Um and basically the essence of work from me hearing it quite a few times, the essence behind it is sometimes there's more work to living than actually dying or drowning in your fears. So sometimes it feels like dying and drowning in your fears is the easier way to go than trying to find reasons to live. So it's basically harder work to breathe sometimes than it is to just let go of the breath. So, but the thing is... Which is a powerful message. It is. And, and one that's needed, but... I didn't catch that at all. Right. From, what, from a first listening of the amount I heard, I couldn't... I wouldn't have caught that. Right. And it, it never it never really reaches a resolution. It's mm -hmm. more like just dealing with the fact of, am I alone in this? Mm -hmm. Am I the only one that thinks it's harder to live than it is to die? Mm -hmm. um, but I did appreciate the artistry more of Jars of Clay there than I did on Kiane's track. So I'm going to give that to Jars of Clay. So that's a tie, mm -hmm. which leaves us again with a toss-up. So Team Kingdom is still two. Team Mainstream is still zero. We're going to get into the final two rounds now. This is Stick With You by the Pussycat Dolls. I got a good thing right here. That's why I say, hey, nobody gonna love me better. I'ma stick with you forever. Nobody gonna take me higher. I'ma stick with you. Bye. 
Stick With You by the Pussycat Dolls against Imagine Me by Kirk Franklin. Stick With You by the Pussycat Dolls. Those are definitely in the urban tone. Um, I like the lighter feel as opposed to more heavy click clacks on the beats, but you still feel the light group. And um, I like the melody very, very much. Um, Stick With You felt more like a simple love song uh, just simple dedication, simple commitment, and it's kind of a kind of a lost art in mainstream songs currently. Reason why I say this is because I talked on the phone recently with Joe, and I said, "Don't you notice how few mainstream radio hits now actually mention the words I love you, or even mention love?" Like I was reading in um, in the Bible in the Message version. Uh, uh, one of Paul's letters, and it was saying that it's a generation of all lust, no love. Mm. And it seems like most of mainstream hits now in the pop genre or top 40 genre, they describe lust in their lyrics more than they actually do long-term committed to love. And um, I found that that's kind of a lost art as of late. Not that love is non-existent, and, because there's still a lot of it in the mainstream culture. But it's just more and more less. They're tending to focus more on lust-filled songs as opposed to love-filled songs. Mm -hmm. And Stick With You, for me, still had that love appeal that I love in a love song. Yes. Now, imagine me dealing with past pain. That's basically what that is. Forgetting all the memories and trying to envision yourself. Can I actually be the person free from my past? Mm -hmm. That everyone who tries to preach to me envisions me as seen mm -hmm. it's one thing to be preached at but it's another thing to envision what you're being preached to or to envision yourself the way god sees you so you can try to deliver person all you want if that person doesn't see deliverance for themselves then they're not going to get into the realm of what god thinks of them so lyrically i think imagine me is a lot stronger but melody they're even mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to go toss up Okay. 
Well, I agree that the message in Imagine Me is stronger and yet um, stick with you. Um, as you said, a simple love song. And yet what they did with that simplicity. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know if that was Nicole on the lead vocal there. Yes, it was. Um, kudos yeah. for her. I can see why she was such, she was my favorite judge on, um, on the sing off, on sing off, oh, on sing off. On sing -off. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was just her comments. I thought were really, yeah. well, they were all good. I love, I love the show. Um, but the way the vocals came in mm. and just the harmonies and, you know, there's a lot of criticism sometimes of female harmonies. You don't have the mm. depth that you have with males, but for them, it works. It works it so well. It was perfect. Perfect for me. And then the little keyboard riff. And then oh, the yeah. strings. I mean, the production to me on that was amazing. And then, and again, such a wonderful pairing that you chose here. But you get the Kirk Franklin song, and it had the keyboard thing going. Yeah. But then it was like, it was just repetitious. It was that same thing over and over again. Right. I felt for too long mm -hmm. with, with the... With, uh, the Pussycat Dolls, it was tasteful with this. To yeah, me, it, it yeah. drug on. And and maybe it was just because of the comparison. Mm -hmm. But with the Kirk Franklin song, I'm listening and like waiting for him to come in or waiting for a lead vocal. I just felt like it was so much just the background vocals together. I'm waiting for that big lead vocal to stand out with those harmonies around it. And it didn't happen. Right. And, uh, and that's typical Kirk because, I mean, since he's not a singer, he's just a writer. Mm -hmm. um, he tends to do a lot of background vocal harmonies and tends to focus on that mm -hmm. and only he'll, he'll have like a few songs on his album where there's a lead vocal that stands out. Mm -hmm. um, now right as the example ended we started getting in some really funky chords, some really cool right. big kind right. of churchy there you go. chords yeah. there and like okay this is starting to get interesting but for, for the cuts we heard and for the production I'm going with Pussycat Dolls. Ooh. Okay, I think you made a good choice. So you helped me out. Thank you so much. All right, that's the first point for Team Mainstream. It is 2-1. So in this final round, either they can tie it up or Team, Team Kingdom takes home the trophy. All right, here we go. Final round. Dead Man Carry Me by Jars of Clay. Oh. Tell me if I move because I don't feel anything at all. Oh. So carry me. Carry Me by Jars of Clay against Danny California by Red Hot Chili Peppers. That there was anything more than gold. What in the world does your company take me for? Black bandana, sweet Louisiana, robbing on a bank in the state of Indiana. She's a runner, rebel and a stunner, on the mirror way saying, baby, what you gonna? Looking down the barrel of a hot metal forty-five, just another. 
Danny California by Red Hot Chili Peppers against Dead Man Carry Me by Jars of Clay. You take the floor first, Mary. Okay. I guess I will say I'm not a big fan of either song. Wow. First time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Message-wise, obviously, I would give it to uh, Dead Man Carry Me, Jars okay. of Clay. Okay. Um, the idea of you know we're dead in our sins yeah. and and we need somebody to carry us we need to go we need that life in in us and the uh danny california um one of those <laughs> broken love songs right, or right. something yeah. trying to forget things they both had kind of the, a lot of that repetition mm-hmm. and the the contrast into the chorus was nice for both i mm-hmm. mean he got up from the verse it got up tempo but the red hot chili peppers chorus um, every single line was the same. Four hmm. lines of the same melody until he just went up a little bit on the last line of the chorus and came down. Right. It was super repetitious. So even though instrumentally and everything had picked it up, uh, it just, to me, was boring. Quick question there. Now that we're on the subject, mm-hmm. do you think most California songs sound the same? <laughs> <laughs> Hotel California? I don't know. Never rains in Southern California? Um, <laughs> that could be part of it. That could be part of it, yes. <laughs> or maybe most, maybe I should say most songs with the name of a state in them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would take more research. Yeah, that'll take more research. But for me, when it comes to state appearing in the name of a song, for mm-hmm. me, New York songs are the best. There you go, New York, New York. You've got a hit with that one, absolutely. Um, I would give it to Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay won me. With the first lyric of the second verse, I woke up from a dream about an empty funeral. Yeah. But it was better than a party full of people I don't really know. How many people have felt that way? I mean, um, just on a more serious note, my my dad, when he was a kid, um, he was being attacked with uh, suicidal thoughts. And he could literally hear the, the, the devil telling him when he was younger. And it's not because he didn't know the Lord. It was just that he was going through a bit of a... A difficult phase and the devil actually showed my dad a vision when he was a teen of teen or child of him being in a casket and everyone attending the funeral and then the devil tells him you see you don't think you have anyone's attention now you'll have everyone's attention on that day mm-hmm. and that one that is one of the biggest hellish lies that the devil tries to deceive people with with suicidal thoughts into thinking that they can't get everyone's attention now they can get everyone's attention through death mm-hmm. but then he doesn't tell them what's on the other side of death Absolutely. that's coming so um i just like how jars of clay put the fo- focus that even though i feel like dying or feel like a dead man i need someone to carry me out of this mm-hmm. most times People, when people commit suicide, it's because they don't have the willingness to admit they have a problem or they just don't want to express that feeling to, ever, to anybody. And when you're not talking to anybody, have no accountability or have mm-hmm. no one to carry you through a process, mm-hmm. then you're all by yourself with either God's voice or mm-hmm. Satan's voice talking to you. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's uh, whatever you, choice you make, that's now yeah. in your head. Or the fear that no one would care. Mm, either there way. There you go. And that's why that vision was so powerful for your dad. Yeah. Even, so you'd get that attention. Exactly. That's what they want is that attention, somebody to care, somebody to know 
that they, to make them feel like they matter. Yeah. Even my mom had a situation like that when she was a teen. Mm-hmm. She um, got so depressed one day, she was taking a razor and was about to put it to her wrist. And the, But this now was different. Instead of the devil showing her a vision, the Lord showed her a vision mm-hmm. of her on the floor bleeding and her mom walking in the door. Mm-hmm. And when my mom saw that vision, it clicked to her, how can I do this to my mother that loves me so much? Mm -hmm. I I could never leave her with that kind of pain. And right away, she threw the razor out. So it was just both moments with both of my parents. One, the devil was showing my dad a vision, but then God spoke to him otherwise. And the other one, my the devil was coming to my mom first and then the Lord stepped in. Mm-hmm. So it was almost the same situation but in a different accordance or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, that was just a bonus rabbit trail I feel that to anyone who deals with this who's listening, mm-hmm. please know you are not alone. You heard it earlier in the cut song by Plum and again with this Dead Man song. Just know that there's someone to carry you. His name is Jesus and he wants to let you know that you're not alone. You don't have to take your life because that's almost slapping God in the face saying, oh, I don't appreciate the life you've given me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take it into my own hands. Leave it in God's hands because because he made you, he knows how to take the best fatherly care of you. So um, good word. that's that note. Anyway, I also agree with Jars of Clay. So Jars of Clay got the final round, which means last time you were on the show, our mainstream artists beat our Christian artists 3-1. This time, our kingdom team beat the mainstream 3-1. Now, in closing comments, how do you feel from this list, uh, judging from the 2007 year, how do you feel the Grammy nominees picked their songs as opposed to the Doves? Who do you think had a better ear for music in that year? The Dove winners, I would say. I, I definitely agree. Absolutely. Do, would you agree that, judging from what we heard from these nominees that Christians are a little underrated at the Grammys? I would say so, absolutely. You know, it's interesting, too, because at the Grammys, Christian music is this little pigeonhole. Ah, and yet, big point. overall, Christian music is the fastest-growing genre of music yeah. in the world. Exactly. But the reason for that is that Christian music includes all genres of music. That's right. As long as they have Christian lyrics to that's them. Right. And that's that's the real difference. So on a worldwide scale, you know, and it's interesting you call it the Christian music versus the world music, but on a worldwide scale, exactly. Christian music is broader and more farther reaching yeah. than secular music. I call it musical segregation because even when uh last year when um when Lecrae got the Grammy Award for Best Gospel Album, and he's mm-hmm. a hip-hop artist. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they put him in the same category with the hip-hop artists? Mm-hmm. Because as of late, Christian hip-hop has gotten a lot more accolades talent-wise as opposed to secular rappers. Mm-hmm. Is, is this a thing where they don't want Christians to embarrass the world's music because we're sounding too good now in certain genres? Or, why are they always isolating Christians? Like, if any of the other Grammy nominees are Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, or any other belief, they don't have a separate category for them. So why do that to Christians? Why put all the Christian lyric music into one category instead of splitting them by genre? 
So I, I think that there's a bit of musical segregation there. There definitely is. Um, and that's that would be a, a good research topic, you know, yeah, the study things. Um, who who's, was in charge of the segregation? Right. The secular people, the Grammys, were the Christians. Good point. Very excellent point. But I definitely appreciate both awards. They have very good taste in music. But as far as 2007 year goes, I think I think the, the Dubs took it all. So really proud of our side for doing that. The Dubs Mm-hmm. So we're thankful that you have joined us today. And uh, I don't know when I'll ever have Mary again, but it has been such a pleasure having you. And uh, all the best at Florida Christian Songwriters Association. Can you give our audience one more piece of information about it just to remind them where to find you? Well, the Florida Christian Songwriters, as I said, it is a, we call it a community. It, it's not a club, it's not an organization, we're, family. And, um, we're a community of Christian artists and Christian songwriters. Our goal is to glorify God in the place he gave us. And I think whether you're a songwriter or an artist in another realm, graphic arts, or we have the gift of teaching or serving, whatever your gift is. Our goal in life is to use the God to, to develop our gifts the best we can. God has a place for every one of us in life in Christ. Think of it like a puzzle. You are a piece and you can fit in that whole thing. You can do what God called you to do. And so our responsibility as believers is to develop our gifts. Your gift is songwriting, and I believe there are songwriters in every church in this country. Um, if you're in the Central Florida area or throughout Florida and you are a Christian songwriter, whether you are writing for your band or you're sitting on the back pew of your church writing songs that no one has ever heard, you will ever hear those songs. We welcome you. We invite you to come. This is a place where your songs can be heard and appreciated. by fellowshipping with other believers who are walking that same walk and say, what's the next right step for my song? What should I do? Am I a singer-songwriter? Am I a songwriter who wants to find other artists to sing my song? How do I know about that? That's what we have to do. Because not one person has all the answers for this. We need one another, just like the body of Christ. We need one another to progress into the impact us. And so that's why we have to Josiah has been one of our favorite members of our group and has brought so much to us. We will miss you when you travel in South Africa. Uh, hopefully we can Skype you in from time to time, as we have done before. And yeah. that will be Pray to God I get some good internet connection. <laughs> Absolutely. Pray for that. And uh, give them website one more time. Sure. It's www.fl, as in Florida, christiansongwriters.com. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for chilling with us. And uh, this has been the 2007 Grammys against the Doves. The Doves have soared, as Mary put it. 3-1. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. God bless.
Can't see.